So, when was your last checkup? Oh no, not you. Although that's important too, but when was your last vehicle checkup? When it comes to service, nobody knows your Chevy better than your local Chevy dealer. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule an appointment today. This is 720 WGN, but today, Rebecca Clark is joining us. Rebecca is a staff writer for The Hill and did a story on how Hollywood writers may have set a new standard for AI protections for all of us when it comes to employment. And Rebecca, that wasn't their intent. That's kind of a byproduct of what they got accomplished. I mean, not that it, of course, it was their intent to protect themselves, but it wasn't their intent to protect all of us, right? Yeah, so basically, you know, what I heard from um, a member of the the WGA negotiating committee is that, you know, he called it basically a fluke of timing in terms of their contract, um, you know, coming to these negotiations and sort of just the high profile nature of it sort of setting this precedent in terms of what other labor unions might be looking for in terms of how to protect themselves, um, you know, even if it's if the protections that maybe are not specific to what they needed as writers, but just sort of about that, you know, challenge that they went through and, and ways to sort of go about this. We hear so much positivity about artificial intelligence, and people are using it in so many ways. Jamie Dimon came out and said, we'll eventually, in future generations, only be working three and a half hours a week or three and a half days a week um, due to AI. But I just don't feel there are enough people questioning it and how it's going to influence us. So what is in their contract that might benefit the rest of us? Yeah, well, I think one of the really interesting points is that in their contract, it sort of gave workers the ability to choose when to use AI and when not to. So it it leaves the decision up to writers to have that ability to choose to use this technology while also limiting companies from requiring them to use it. And while that's, you know, obviously very specific to their industry in terms of scripts and and other sort of writing, um, I think that's something that experts have said has really pointed out when I was talking to them in terms of you know, giving workers their own, you know, choice over how to use that technology could be something that's really important for other unions to look for in their own site. Right. And I read in your article that um, workers, for the most part, represented by unions, don't have a right to bargain over the introduction of new technology into a workplace. This opens that up? Yeah, so I think that, you know, that's something that I heard from experts is sort of different in terms of how this has gone about in other industries. So, um, you know, in a way that where maybe it can offer hope, um, you know, I think that also what experts were saying is as Congress is sort of looking at ways to, to sort of regulate and add in protections, um, one way that they can maybe do this is just to add in more protections for workers, um, you know, in terms of their own power to sort of push back as opposed to just across the board regulations about this. This is Rebecca Clark, a staff writer for The Hill. It's about how Hollywood writers have set a new standard for AI protections or artificial intelligence protections. Is that something you work? I would worry about that if I was a staff writer. Is that something that concerns you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's such an interesting um, topic because it affects so many people across so many different industries, you know, whether it's something where it feels more direct, like writing or, you know, people that are working in medicine, um, people that are working in manufacturing. I think it's something that's really going to affect all of us. And, you know, we've even heard people like the CEO of OpenAI being really blunt about this and saying that this is a new technological revolution and is going to change the workforce. So I do think this is something that, you know, across the board industries are going to be 
looking at it. We've even seen it so far in education coming up. When I just Googled uh, right before your conversation, right before you called in, um, how to protect your career against AI, an article on Indeed came up, and this is all they had to offer. Five things if you want to protect your career against AI. One, be flexible. Two, foster your people skills. Three, build your network. Four, continually learn about AI. And five, use AI to your benefit. I think four and five probably are of most importance. And one, two, and three is kind of like, well, good luck. Just might have to wing it. (laughs) But it is a concern. So when the Hollywood actors sit down at the table, we hear that is happening. Uh, AI has been a big point of contention when it comes to them and their contract as well, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that sort of the, the next place we're going to see this coming up is with sort of the, the SAG-AFTRA negotiations. Um, and I thought it was interesting that experts that I spoke to also talked about how that sort of could set a precedent in terms of other, you know, human performance-facing industries. So whether it's not acting, but it's bankers or, or salespeople or people who are, you know, interacting in these fields where we could maybe see a future where there's AI avatars taking over those jobs. So it'll be interesting to see what sort of negotiations they're able to get as well, especially because of, you know, again, the high profile nature of of their jobs. Yeah, if it's not AI, it's robots. You know, I saw robots, they said today they're they're now making not just the some of the food at Chipotle, but now they're making the salads as well. And so I think people feel like, well, where is this going to leave us? And how many jobs will be left if we let AI and robots take the place of so many individuals? Yeah, I mean, I, another thing I heard um, from a professor I spoke to is it's sort of just as as a as humans, we sort of still have, um, you know, an ability to, to want things that are human made, whether it's, you know, having craft made um, goods as opposed to mass made goods. So he said there might be a world in which years down the road, we see things like movies that are AI generated versus um, human made or, or sort of things like that translating into industries as well. So I think you know, that's something else to to look out for. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you joining us today. Great. Thank you for having me. The article is called How Hollywood Writers Set a New Standard for AI Protections. You can check it out. That is Rebecca Klar, staff writer for The Hill. Coming up after three o'clock, Michelle Dupretti joins us from Jean and Giorgetti's. It was supposed to happen yesterday. It looks like it will be passed tomorrow. That is Chicago's tipped minimum wage vote. And everything indicates that it will pass. We'll also talk about the first chief homelessness officer that Chicago is hiring. It's $150,000 a year job. And um, the people who fight homelessness on a daily basis in this city, I think, are thrilled at that news. So details about that coming up. And of course, you're you're always welcome to be a part of the show at 312-981-7200. You can text, you can call. You're welcome to be a part of this every single day. Steve's News is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. On air.